Welcome to Karate and Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. And oh, today, let me put, let me, I got to put a marker in, dude. I didn't oh. put it in. I forgot. Oops. Oh, let's start over. I'm going to clap right now. Okay. Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. Kickstart Monday. We haven't had these in like two weeks. This, this, <laughs> this uh, has a lot. God, to, has this, it only been two weeks, Corey? Yeah. Well, uh, I think it came out. No, man. Shit. When was it? It's been it? three weeks. It feels like 10, but I'm pretty sure it's only three. Yeah. We were we had an Oscar episode that was supposed to be a kickstart, and then I said, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and wait to edit it until it release it as a Thursday episode just before the Oscars. And that's when I discovered that there was a problem with my audio file and not Freddie's, which was surprising. I was so concerned, about, <laughs> so concerned about listening about yours. I'm like, oh, it sounds good. Perfect. Because here's the thing. Worst case usually is if you if there's a problem on your end, it, it sounds good enough on the FaceTime call to just use that if it right. comes down to it. And um, But the problem was is the file I recorded on, on my end was related to just my device fucked up. And... It, it's inconsistent. It kind of goes in and out. It's really weird. So we're still, there's some funny stuff in there. And, and clip show. Clip show. Yeah. It's going to end up in a <laughs> ah. clip show at some point. But so, okay, because of my schedule and uh, now the Super Bowl's over, it's a little bit better until I had a thing that happened. But plus, your production schedule has been. Oh, yeah, man. Atypical. We're just, I mean, dude, I've worked. We started shooting. I haven't had a day off since we started shooting. See, like, I, like, a, like a day off, like a real day off. I was talking to Melody about that. She goes, has he had a day off? And I said, well, at last Monday, he had been working seven straight. So I don't know. Yep. And I worked this entire week and I worked today uh, after I woke up from I mean, I worked part of today as a part of yesterday, and then I worked for a couple hours today. I had to do a, a boat test kind of thing. Ooh, a boat test. <laughs> Boats. Yeah, man. Everyone loves a good boat test. Can you talk, because I haven't asked you this because I don't know. Where's the where's the movie supposed to be taking place? In Texas. It is in Texas. Okay. Yep. I wasn't sure. It's I, like some Texas noir. You know, it's, uh, you know, I like to say there's a... Uh, there's a subgenre for me of uh, kind of Texas neo noir things like Killer Joe and uh, Dennis Hopper's The Hot Spot. Hot Spot. Um, you know things like that. Even Blood Simple, I would say, is probably that. Sure. I'm not sure if it was set in Texas, but it feels like it's part of that world. That's yeah, that same um, vibe for sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, man, it's cool because you know I'm, I, I like noir and that genre anyway. So little, and I love subgenres. Yeah. Sue me. Speaking of genre, I watched uh, Leviathan about a week and a half. Yeah, dude. My God, the movie's the best, right? (laughs) Stop that. (laughs) All it it. did was make me, it just made me yearn for watching Deep Rising, which is what I immediately did. I said, I need a palate cleanser, so I went right for it. Uh, See, I mean, I I like them both. I mean, I love Leviathan because I fucking, it's all things Peter Weller for me. Um, Even, and, you know, even if, uh, 
the movies that there's some funny shit in it unintentionally funny i'm sure oh, but yes. i don't think i don't think that george cosmatos is a good director anyway i hate tombstone as you know so no we never talked about this here oh no, yeah i think it's, it's not very good everybody waxes on about how wonderful tombstone is let me tell you something i don't care <laughs> i don't care about it and you tombstone? know how much yeah, i don't care either. about I, it I, I dude i've never watched it all the way through that's i'm like this is boring it's super boring, man. It's not very well made either. It just kind of goes in circles, and it's like a. It's not a good movie. Sue me. Yeah, I, I, I think he. I think his pinnacle. Was I like Cobra, the. Ke- I like the Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp much more than I like Tombstone. I mean, if this is the kind of movie we're gonna make, just just give me Young Guns. I know it's. I know yeah, it's. Dude, I'm. So I'm saying I will take Young Guns and Young Guns Two over yeah. Tombstone every day of the week. And it's not because and you have that twice awesome, on Sunday. Not, yeah, right. Not because you have that awesome like. John Bon Jovi music underneath. No. no, it's good stuff. But it's just it's just better. It's just <laughs> more, sorry. It's more fun. Sorry, Tombstone fans. It's 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 more fun. That that's that's the only important thing. Yeah, and, totally. And because like every time I see somebody put a meme or a gif or something like of Kilmer where he's all like super sick, like he's all pale, I'm like oh, no. that's just I don't I don't want to see that. That's ugh. Uh, I'm just saying you could cut out if if they somebody just cut out like a. 15 minutes short of Val Kilmer from the movie, I'd be way more entertained than having to watch the rest of it. <laughs> and it's, it, it, here's the thing. The cast is, I love the cast. It's not like I, yeah. it's not like there's the, you know, I, there's anybody in there. I'm like, Oh man, I can't watch a two hour movie of that dickhead. I mean, I'm not, Oh no. Uh, right. I mean, everybody that we love is in it. Powers Booth, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Jason yeah. Priestley, <laughs> Billy Zane, but somehow it just doesn't work for me. And you know how I feel about Kevin Costner. I agree with you. I'd rather watch Wyatt Earp than watch that. And I have. Yeah. I've seen Wyatt Earp twice, and I've never even tomb- seen Tombstone all the way through. It just doesn't do it for me. But yeah. no, it was great watching Leviathan again because I'm like, oh, my gosh. I remember being mostly unimpressed by the, the prosthetics and stuff. You could. I didn't realize how, maybe because I wasn't, when the last time I had seen it, it's been 30 years. It's been something, it's been a long time since I'd seen it. And yeah. It was uh, maybe because my, um, my, my experience in production and my filmmaking and my, you know, my post-production experience hadn't really developed yet at that point. And maybe that's why I don't notice the really jarring edits that are done in the movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost like, you know, you know how when, if you're working in audio, this, for, this isn't for everybody that understands post-production very much, but when you bumping up two tracks of audio, sometimes you got to do a crossfade on them so they're kind of smooth together. And I feel like they didn't do that <laughs> very much. It's it's just jarring edits, and it's kind of I don't know. You can tell they were working around the limitations they had of of the gags they were shooting. They you know they were right. And, and well, there was also a race I think probably to yeah to beat uh, to beat uh, that terrible Cameron movie that everyone. Oh loves. gosh, don't do that. I, I can't even remember the name of it. I hate it so much. The, the um, abyss. <laughs> yes, that's where it belongs. Is in the abyss. Uh, drop it in a fucking. Drop it in a pelican case into the abyss with I, a bunch I, of rocks in it. I can't recall, and this is something we. I think we talked about in another episode. We we mentioned these th- you know those three movies, um, Deep Six, <laughs> Deep Six Space, Deep Space Six. What the fuck was it called again? Deep Star Deep Six. Star, Deep Star Six. Now, see the Deep Star Six. Now, which one is that? That's almost just a just straight so, up monster. 
It's yeah, it's a giant like a giant crab monster. Yeah, yeah, like a giant crustacean. And I could never remember between the two of them. If again, just because I saw Leviathan recently is why I remember. And now I can go, oh yeah, Deep Star Six is the one with with the monster. I can I can never remember which one had the monster and which one had the mutations from the people. I couldn't remember which one it was. Now that I've seen Leviathan again after decades, I'm like, oh right, that's the difference. Well, you know what? What's awesome about Leviathan is on the uh, on the Shout Factory Blu-ray, which I'll never see again because I don't know what where it's at because I loaned it to Joe Lynch. Um, I don't. The last time I heard, he was bringing it to the uh, office, and then and then he was going to give it to you, and then I, it, you don't have it. I don't know. I'm sure I'll never see any of those DVDs again, but maybe I'll remain hopeful. Well, he moved too, so God knows where they're at. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I probably never see any. I don't even. I, yeah, I'll probably be buying all that stuff again. <laughs> uh, it was again. It was fun, kind of experiencing Leviathan again. But if for anything, I got to watch. I got my hand was forced in a way just to watch Deep Rising again because oh, that movie's so fucking good. But yeah. here's a what's funny about it was I still had my shout. Uh, was it shout or was it Kino on the Deep Rising? It's Kino. Yeah. I hadn't opened it yet. I had it for almost a year and I hadn't opened it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so excited. Was like a, like a, it was Christmas morning. I'm like, I'm opening my brand new movie. And I'm like, dude, Robo Teen, fuck man. Yep. It's like, this, that's the thing that sucks about watching his work is see, just seeing the industry missing it. It's the same thing with Rick Baker. You know, now that he's retired and like, God, they did him dirty on the Wolfman. I, it, this business needs guys like that. It just oh, does. Yeah, and, and, and knowing that Deep Rising was the last full movie he worked on. I know he didn't do some consulting here and there on different Yeah, I think projects. he still does. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can feel it when he when he's involved in any in any sort of means you can feel you can feel it right um, as opposed to um 90 percent of the time when you're just getting you know cgi and some lazy some lazy practical effects right but i think i'm right about this a deep rising was the last uh single title card production he did i think everything else is just you know, oh yeah in credit scroll kind of consulting thing yeah i'm pretty sure too i remember uh watching it i bought it when i was there and uh, I, I bought it when it came out i was in uh, cincinnati doing point blank and uh when it came i was dude, it was the same thing i was like oh thank god a saving grace i get to watch this movie while i'm working on this movie and uh it kind of you know gave me something fun to do on a saturday but leviathan come on man there's some really fun performances and leviathan is a lot like tombstone but I like Leviathan <laughs> because it's got a it's got a great cast in it. I, I mean, I love Hector Elizondo. I Dude. love Daniel Stern. I love Richard Crenna, and they all do good stuff. But they're all kind of doing their own stuff. <laughs> right, Richard Crenna thinks he's doing another Rambo movie. I don't know what he's. <laughs> he's just yeah, kinda, right. he, I feel like he was playing it kind of like he was. You know, maybe maybe he was a little maybe he was a little drunk. I don't know. He seemed his character seemed like a little detached from the rest of him. Like he was a teetotaler, and maybe he just kind of. Like Colonel Troutman went off the deep end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what it felt like to me? It felt a lot like Ash from Alien. Like he was channeling that kind of performance where he was just kind of like doing the company's bidding. And, And then when you get to that point in the movie where you realize, oh, no, he's doing the right thing here. He's trying to take the ship down. You know, he's like he doesn't he doesn't want this shit to get to the world. Yes. Um, And he's actually doing he not only is he not a company man. He's an anti-company man because he knows the company is aware of what's going on and they don't, he doesn't want them 
of the world being exposed to this. That's the same thing totally. that, the, that the Russians did in the movie as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's kind of a, you, you kind of expect him to, at one point, you find out he's a fucking android. <laughs> right. Wait a second, Doc. It's the way, he's, the way he's playing it. And it's very, and it, what's ironic is that if you think about it, it is like a combination of Ash and Bishop. And a little bit Aliens. of uh, Blair from The Thing. A little yes, bit of, uh, very much you know, so. Good old Brimley. This movie is The Thing. Yes. It's The Thing underwater, 100%. And it's you, it's not lost on you. Second, you see that The Thing's mutated, you know, it's grabbing, it's, you know, it's grabbing melting hosts together. Inter- yeah, exactly. It, it, it definitely feels like an 80s movie, and uh, but this stuff from nostalgic factor, like, all right, here's a, here's a little quick, better remember, remember better. I... Boy, I sure. I I don't think I particularly loved it. I think I enjoyed it back then. So I, I have to say the same now. I think I enjoyed it, and it's just, but it's different now. I just see it through different eyes. I see it through twenty five years of a production and post production experience eyes now, as opposed to seeing it through the twenty year old eyes that I had when it came out. I enjoy it the same way I enjoy Prophecy. Yes, if that's a f- comparison. I mean, I, I I watch it like once a year, and I. Dude, I got. I was meant to say on the Shout Factory disc. There's a great featurette with all of the because that was Stan Winston. The creature it was effects. Winston, really. Yeah. So all of his guys, um, they're interviewing. You know, the ones that are still around because Stan, you know, is long gone. But um, yeah, it's fun. It's it, it's good. They tell really funny stories about George, and they tell funny stories about the time constraints and how you know they're just being hammered to work faster and harder because they got to beat that other movie. <laughs> it's, you know, all the things that you always kind of suspected, they just lay it out there. It's good. I mean, the disc is worth getting if you're into that stuff. Speaking of that kind of thing, body parts came. Oh, I'm so jealous. I got to pick it up. Oh, my God, dude. And the, we were both super excited when they announced it, like the week of Comic-Con last summer. And when it finally came about two weeks ago, I've been waiting to crack it open. And then, so again, I, I had a bunch of days off and I'll get to a reason why I had some time off in a second, but I watched it twice <laughs> since I opened it. Good. I, it's so fucking, the transfer is beautiful. They really just outdid themselves. And, and I, I haven't dug into the featurettes yet. And the irony is, is that that's what I was going to do the second pass. It was still sitting in my PlayStation and I was going to play it again and watch that stuff. And I'm like, you know, just watch the movie again. I said, I'm going to watch the I'm going to watch the handcuff scene again, and I'm just watching the whole thing again. It's funny, man, because Fahey is another one of those actors that I put in, like, uh, my, I, he's like an actor I've seen almost everything he was in for about the first 10 years of his career. Like, I love him. He's like a Michael Bean. Like, I throw them all in the kind of that category of actors that, like, were on the cusp of being, like, they you know, they were pushing them to be the next big thing, and... You know, because Fahey was in White Hunter, Black Heart with Clint Eastwood. And then he did The Lawnmower Man and it kind of <laughs> sank his career. Yeah. It, and it sucked too because I saw Lawnmower Man in the theater. And I, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 minutes into it, I'm like, this, is, this isn't very good. It's not very good. And then when you get to those showcased visual effects and I'm like, you know, the Tron-esque <laughs> visuals. Oof. Oh, if only Tron-esque. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's, you know, it's bad when you're looking at Tron and like, or you're looking at this movie and thinking, man, I'm longing for some Tron. because <laughs> It's terrible, right. dude. Like God, anything that makes you want to watch Tron is awful. Yeah. Um, Cause Tron way, is awful. I'll, I'll say it again. Tron legacy. 
far superior movie. It's so much more fun. And I, maybe because I saw it with Joey and the whole father-son relationship thing happens in it. But I really enjoyed Tron Legacy, and I can't stand Tron. Uh, do, yeah, do I'm we, with you. you. The, the you first I, Tron is unwatchable. It is. You and I grew up in a time like, oh, wait, a movie where guys end up inside a video game? How bitching? No, it's not. <laughs> the, the best thing about Tron was the video game, the arcade video game. And oh, it wasn't totally. even that great. I mean, it was just okay. It was very rudimentary. Hey, light cycles, turn left. Oh. Yeah. Well, the, the, and the best one was throwing the disc and trying to break through the basically yes. an updated version of Breakout. Oh yes, it was. Well, it was. It was. It was breakout part. What was the other one where you kept trying to make the lines? Best. That's all. The light cycle thing was is, you know, you tried to bot. Yeah, right. It was snafu. Snafu. Yes. Yeah. So it's like snafu, and then breakout, and then the spider thing was basically like Galaga or Galaxy and that kind of thing. Yeah. But that was it. It was just those three levels, right? Yeah. They like Matt. Yeah. It was like it was like a really terrible mashup of three Atari twenty six hundred games uh, <laughs> that they slapped the Disney slaps and movie stickers on, and they're like Tron the game. Yeah. And Come were, see the movie. Be bored as shit. It was Bally Midway, the arcade video game manufacturer. They they had to make use of that Gorf controller somehow. Oh yeah, right? totally right. <laughs> they had to do something with it. Oh, anyway, Gorf so, Tron four letters. It's good. Well, no one will know. <laughs> but dude, that but was us. that had to have been a really expensive game to make too. Because at the time, sure, yeah, that that dial because you had the Gorf controller on your right side, and the left side you had just that really weighted dial. And what yep. other games? What other games did Tempest have that dial? Temp, yeah, the Tempest one's a little different though. This yeah, one was, was a little it, weighted. Tempest was a little easier to, to to use. Oh, you know what the other one was used? Arachnoid. Yes, that's, that's what the, that's what the spider game is from, right? Anyway, <laughs> nerds, stop talking about Tron. First rule about Tron is don't talk about Tron. <laughs> Garbage, Holy crap, dude. Uh, see, it's been a couple weeks, dude. I'm all fucking fired up. Uh, uh, here, I'll give you a quick lowdown on what I've been doing besides right. working. Go for I've it. I've been going to uh, the Texas theater about every other night for like. I mean, I get off work and I literally, it's either I can go back to my apartment and fall asleep and go back to work or I can go see a, a movie on in 35 millimeters. So uh, that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, I saw Army of Darkness this week. I saw Night of the Demons, which I had never seen on a big screen, which oh, was man. loads of fun. I saw, tonight I'm seeing uh, VFW and nice. From Dust Till Dawn. What a, um, what a pairing, dude. I know, Holy dude. Crap. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Uh, tomorrow, I'm seeing Night of the Comet. Oh, see, um, that's dude. I also saw Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, but not at the Texas Theater. But I don't know if you've seen it yet, and I don't know if we've already talked about it, because I barely remember our last recording session. But yeah. man, I think I was going to go see it when we talked about, but man, if you haven't seen it, Corey, you got to see it. I mean, it is totally inspired and it's, I mean, I want to say it's Richie's best movie since snatch Ooh. and I'm, and I'm high on rock and roll, but I kind of think I like the gentleman more than that. Hold on. I got, I got the dogs whining at me. One second. Yes. I'm recording you, but Oswald, do you know you're being recorded? My friend, full disclosure, buddy. He went on just take a quick squirt. Oh, dude, he's passed some gnarly stones the last couple of days. Do you like? Do you look like? Guy. I'll send you a picture later. I'm talk about it. It's gross. <laughs> no stone. Well, we never talk about gross things on this show. No. Um, yeah. So, so dude. So yes. Yeah. I, I was supposed to see it a week and a half ago. And what happened? 
And I, uh, well, on my way to work, um, I got rear-ended and fucked my car up. Yeah, it was just driving to work. 2.30 in the afternoon. Let's kind of point that out, too, because um, it has a point of being what time of day of, of concern of why. Well, yeah, it's funny because that's, like, really, like, the only time of day when traffic isn't terrible yet. Right. right. And uh, so that's weird that someone rear-ended you. Maybe he was singing. You know, like nobody's watching and nobody, and he wasn't watching where he was going. I don't know. That's terrible, man. I can't really, I'm not going to be sharing any photos with it right away again. Once this whole thing gets settled and it's really at the, the beginning stage of it, because it has, it's only been uh, a week this past Thursday and it happened. Uh, you know, I'll share all that stuff in the future, but it's, yeah. It, so I, I missed a little bit of work, but I caught up on some movies, <laughs> some of which I'm talking about already. And, uh, but it affected the ability to go sit in the theater for two hours. And uh, so I've. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna miss out on the gentleman and yeah uh, and as well as Colorado space I'm like I'm just I'm gonna have to wait for the Blu-ray that'll be here a week from tomorrow yeah but I, need, I mean I gotta just gotta wait yeah probably for the best for Colorado space yeah I was kind of you know I was super bummed I wanted to but here's the thing and I got teased about it because I went back to work on Tuesday and I'm driving and where I get off the freeway is uh, there in in uh, West Los Angeles called the New Art. Now, we've mentioned it before. Um, this is a place where Lynch has done his, he's MC those Mandy midnight screenings. Oh, yeah. Well, they were doing a midnight screening of it on, on Valentine's Day, and I was super bummed. I'm like, all right, well, it would have been fun, but I can't really sit in a theater that long. It's also the reason why we didn't go see the movie we're going to go see on Valentine's Day, and that was a, a movie called Buffaloed uh, with Zoe Deutsch. So we ended up staying home, making dinner on uh valentine's day and we uh ended up doing a vod for it so we still watched it and it was she's so great dude she's so fucking funny in it oh how was it was it good was it was really it good really good it's it's it, it's it kind of takes a turn you don't expect it to it's far more dramatic than the trailer leads it to be in a lot of ways it's it's tanya wexler directed it who's solid directors we were i was really just I don't know if I had preconceived notions of what to expect from a movie from her, but this kind of movie isn't kind of her forte. And, right. Uh, before I saw it. And but I got to the end of it, everybody was great. And even, you know, if I'm complimenting John Courtney in it, then you know it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, really? Um, that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, it's on. It's funny because it was on a, uh, it's on my list of things that kind of was going to try to see. Because it played here, I think it opened, I think, did this open this weekend? It just opened on Valentine's Day, yeah. Yeah, I think it was playing at the Angelica here. Um, I saw it when I saw, I saw the uh, poster when I saw the uh, gentleman, which I'm going to talk, just talk about really briefly. Two reasons, well, there's many reasons to see it. The two, the two biggest reasons, Hugh Grant <laughs> and Hugh Grant. Yeah. And Hugh Grant, uh, that's three. And then Colin Farrell. So I guess there's four reasons to start with. And then there's many, many, many more reasons. But uh, yeah, man, good fun. Uh, I forgot to mention, I punked out and I didn't go to see my bloody Valentine when Joe Bob Briggs was here this week. All right. Because we, I got off work 10 minutes before the screening started. And I did not think I could drive there. And I will not walk into a movie theater after the lights go down. It's right. just me. I just won't do it. But then I talked to, you know, the guys that put it on. They're like, oh, no, we held the, we held the door. You, you should have texted me. I'm like, <laughs> well, now that's why. Now, see, I felt okay with it. Now I don't, you fucker. Right. <laughs> I was God not, damn I it. I was, now I just yeah. feel like a punk ass. 
uh, real quick. And somebody I know at work that saw it because I kept plugging it. I, I mean, you need to see this. You need to see this. This is the, you know, this is a, you know, return to form kind of thing after doing all those big studio movies. I'm pretty good about vibing when Guy Ritchie is d- going to be delivering a, you know, a Guy Ritchie movie and I might mean, just see it when it comes out, see it. Because that's what happened to rock and roll. Rock and roll, when I came out of it, and gosh, we talked about this last time, um, but I think they didn't make an episode because I think it was part of the Oscar conversation. I don't remember, right? But, oh, yeah, we did an Oscar special. <laughs> oh, we already right. talked about that. Sorry, we talked about that's that. That's okay. We'll, we'll keep talking about it. It'll be like, the, it's the new silver bullet. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that in a minute, too. Yeah, well, I um, figured. Right. I'm trying to set them up for you, dude, lobbing them up there for you. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm out of sorts. Uh, I'm not presently under, oh, I'm under medication, I'm but I'm becoming Adam to... Green segueing into therapy. <laughs> oh, wait. Hey, everybody, it's a ball cancer kid. Uh, I, I don't have a, I, I don't think I have a cord for that. Yeah, I, I don't have that on there anymore anyway. So, uh, 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 what is that from again? Oh, Supercon. Here's all, here's a bite from Freddie from Supercon. Hey, everybody, it's a ball cancer kid. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Anyway, so I was talking to somebody and. He saw the movie after I plugged the crap out of it, and he wasn't familiar with rock and roll before I pushed it, you know, a year ago, whatever. And he goes, you know who Hugh Grant? He said the same thing you did about Hugh Grant being such a standout. He's like, he reminded me of how Mark Strong was in rock and roll. He's like, he's not on, he's not the standout in the poster. McConaughey is, but, or I should say Gerard Butler is on the rock and roller. And Mark Strong's kind of in the background because nobody knew who Mark Strong was. Now, granted, people know who Hugh Grant is, but it's one of those forgotten. Right. But this is one of those ones because he's playing a dude from what I can tell. That's not a usual Hugh Grant kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of guy, you know, that just uh, who's uh, stumbling over him his own dialogue. No, that's, he's, that's he's not playing the bumbly, cute, uh, romantic, like, you know, chicks fall in love with me because I'm kind of handsome and stupid. Hugh Grant. Right. Uh, right. No, man, he's doing, he's doing some real fun stuff. I mean, I dude, again, it's the kind of stuff I always say I want to see Tom Hanks go out of the box and do, well, Hugh Grant is doing that shit and he's fucking crushing it. Yeah, he's he's always fun. Like music and lyrics is another one. In a, yeah, in that romantic totally. Fair. About a boy. Lo- right. The thing about music and lyrics is so fun is that he's playing a character that's He's playing Andrew that, Ridgely. Yeah, basically it's, it's who he's playing. It's pretty funny. And, and Drew Barrymore is adorable in it too, but watching Hugh Grant play that guy, it was, again, it's almost goofing on himself. The kind of guys he's always played in the past, which makes it a little more fun. I think he has a great sense of humor about, uh, about himself and about, I don't think he takes himself all that serious. And I've always liked him, even when he is playing that goofy, charming, like handsome guy. Um, you know what I I do that. Yeah. I think he's great. I was, he was my favorite part in The Man from Uncle, which I think we talked about during the Oscar special too. Um, and he only was, he was in two scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and he stole the movie from those three stiffs. Yeah. Uh, we can just kind of briefly breeze over the Oscars if you want. Uh, really? That, not a lot of surprises, right? I mean, no, no, not. I mean, uh, I, I, I would love to go back of, and listen to our recording and see how close we were to, but I know Ford versus Ferrari did win both of the ones we thought it would win. Right. We both predicted that it would, it would, it would do well in sound and sound categories and editing categories. And it did. And you nailed, uh, uh, costumes. Yeah. Little, little women. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, we kind of cheated on the supporting actor category because I think we said uh, Pit Pesci, Pesci Pit. You know? Yeah, and I think we both <laughs> said that we thought that in the end Pitt would get it because the other four, the other three guys already had Oscars. Right. So right. it would come yeah. down to be like, well, you know, here you go, Brad. Well, here's Although one thing not we, undeserved. Right. He was fantastic in it. Let's, and, and real quick, we can so say something we didn't talk about in the Oscar special was the atypical omissions during the in memoriam. Uh, it Sid always Hague? happens. It always happens. But how do you forget? Okay. Sid Haig was a rough one, dude. How do you miss that one? They forgot Pollard, dude. I know. A guy who's won an Oscar. The guy who's not. And Luke, Luke Perry, <laughs> who is in the movie that's been nominated for best screenplay, best director, best picture. You forget, how do you forget that? How do you not put him in there? And I want to, I don't want to hear this bullshit anymore. Oh, you know, we only have so much time, blah, blah, blah. You know what? People aren't going to complain about watching the Oscars on television that the in memoriam was too long. Yeah, totally. Give me more of that. I mean, not, not like that, but I mean, I don't wish there were more people who had died, but I would rather that thing be a little more, a little longer. Than, Cover everybody. And yeah, I man. think it's, I've always been happy when it comes to those in, in memoriams, when they show them that they do cover the, the lesser known positions, but you know, special effects guys, uh, you know, lighting guys, DPs for that matter, sometimes get omitted, but dude, Sid, Hey dude, how many fucking movies was he in? Yeah. It's like you, it's not, and it's not like you, people didn't know who he was. God, dude, but the Michael Pollard one, I didn't catch that one. I, 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 again, I didn't watch it, but, um, cause I don't watch the Oscars. <laughs> Me neither. Not since crash one. Right. And, uh, he, the, the, the Michael J. Pollard one, I'm like, Oh my gosh, dude, he was in Bonnie and Clyde. He was nominated in for Bonnie and Clyde. I'm like, I don't know how you miss that. But again, the Luke Perry one surprising because he's in the fucking, he's in the fucking movie that's nominated. I don't, I, right. I mean, I how does get, that happen? I, um, only way I only think I could happen is that people forgot that he's in the movie because it's so damn long. I don't know. Uh, I'm really happy that Al Pacino didn't win for best supporting because I would have stepped on Pesci. He would have stepped on Pitt. But oh. he's not very. But he's not good no, in it, dude. He wasn't gonna like, win. That was like a fucking gift nomination. I mean, god damn it! Did they did they forget to nominate him for Dick Tracy or something? Fuck yeah, because I mean, because that's because you made the crack about it. I saw <laughs> it, and I'm like, going, that's all. And all I can see is like going, dude, that's him. That's because the funny thing is, is the way he looks and Dick Tracy's all makeup, but he looks like that for real now. I know he's become Big Boy Carice. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, but. I was really happy that Parasite won. And oh, yeah. again, I don't I don't care about the award shows. I just don't. What I care about is an accomplished and super skilled filmmaker getting recognition and for Academy. Thank you for bringing this kind of stuff to light. But how many best pictures and best directors have been um foreign directors right. for the last 4 or 5 years? I'm like, "Good, thank you. This is going to encourage people to go out and see Bong's other movies." Like par like Parasite winning was huge to me. Yep. It was like, we both predicted that, I think we both predicted it was going to win Best Picture. And and, um, and we knew, we, we said Best Foreign for sure. And I think we, I don't remember Best Screenplay. I can't remember if we, what we said. Uh, I think we said Best, I think we, I think we did go with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think we, I, I think we, I think we gave it at least a chance to win three. And I think it won 
three of the. I think it did win three. The three three of the ones we thought it would win. And yeah, then, and um, I think we. I think we said we wanted it win, win, to win Best Picture, but they would probably but, give it to something lame. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, but gosh, dude, I'm like so Knives happy it won. I, I still. Yeah. I. Yeah. I was bummed. Knives Out didn't get a little. Yeah. Little what? what love, where, where was that? It almost I mean, felt like it felt like the Pacino nomination. It was almost like you put it in there because ah, oh, you know what? People talked about it a lot. I'm like fuck that. It's a good movie. It was a good movie, but it was the only thing it got. And it's like it felt like a throwaway nomination because right. like we said, Daniel Craig possibly should have been nominated for best supporting actor. Right, and again, he's and he's so fucking great. And what's the by the way when they announced the sequel to Knives Out? What is what was the first thing that's the headline? Everything saying Daniel Craig's returning because he's so fucking good in it. Dude. Yeah. The movie movie works and it probably could work with a different actor, but he makes the movie so much better. Yeah, totally. I, I think but, he's to me he's way more interesting and fun when he's playing some sort of weird sort of charactery. Uh, you know, like like Brad Pitt. I mean, he's right. fine as a leading man, but he's kind of boring for me as James Bond. But I love right. him in things like Logan Lucky. Uh, yep, I was just about to. I was just about yeah. to mention Logan. Yeah, um, I'm going to tell you this because I know I, I don't know that we've ever talked about this, but I feel you are a fan of this movie, and it's playing at the Texas Theater next Friday, and I'm going to make every effort to see it. Is uh, Jim Abrams' Big Business with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin? Dude, oh my gosh, dude! It's when that movie came out, and I thought, who the fuck is this movie for? Yeah, right. <laughs> It's for me. That's who I didn't even know it then, but now I do. Right. And I didn't, I didn't, I half ass watched it when it came out on VHS back in the day. I'm like, wait, they're playing twin. Well, I don't get this. What's going on? Yeah. I thought that was really, really a weird movie and it didn't really interest me back then. I think I saw it when I was managing the video store uh, in the mid nineties. Then that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie's funny. Yeah. It's yeah. Lily Tomlin, I think it's one of the things I had a hard time with Lily Tomlin as I got older was seeing her in stuff where she wasn't sitting in a giant rocking chair. Right. <laughs> as a kid, the incredible shrinking you know woman. Her. Right. Or, or, or I mean, or, like when she, when right. she was the, but she plays a little girl, but yeah, incredible shrinking woman. That's the only thing I knew her from. And so I, I didn't get the adult roles, I didn't understand them that way. Well, dude, I mean, yeah, me neither. But big business, I think, came right after Ruthless People, which is another movie I love. Uh, but big business also has Fred Ward in it and Ed Herman, who I fucking love. And, uh, yeah, I think Michael Gross, maybe, um, fresh off his role in Tremors, (laughs) (laughs) possibly. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm going to check it out. It's, it's not something I ever thought I would say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to seek it out, but because it's playing and because it's a lot of fun, I think I'm going to try to see it. Tremors turns 30 this year. Oh, that's right. 1990. So maybe he wasn't quite in his Tremors mode yet. Cause I think, yeah, I think this is like 88 or 86 or 87. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. The ruthless people is 86. I think you're right about 88. I think Seems that's right. accurate. Yeah. Anyway. So those part of those awesome touchstone films <laughs> dude, from the mid it, to late eighties. I think we ranted about this in an episode, but I don't recall if I got cut or not. See, cause they all have I, shitty it, DVD Blu-ray releases. Be, well, no, I was just talking about the fact that those movies aren't the type of movies that are being made anymore. We don't have that $25 million movie. We don't have a touchdown. We don't have a Hollywood pictures anymore. And they were, well, I, you know, we talked about, we did talk about, we talked about it during my science project and 
how much of the box office came from those two divisions of, of Walt Disney was you know, you get your touchstone for your PG, PG 13s, and then you got your more adult fare with the Hollywood picture stuff. And that was before they started buying up Miramax and, you know, all those mini majors that came along in the nineties. But dude, I miss those kinds of movies. And there's a certain 80 sensibility to them. I think a lot of people aren't going to understand or appreciate big business and that kind of movie. Cause it, it really is a time capsule. <laughs> if you want, you want nostalgia, that's a great movie to, to uh, be nostalgic for and you're and you'll see it and it just it feels like an 80s movie but that's okay and i wouldn't watch it again for nostalgia's sake i'd watch it again because i enjoyed it last time i watched it so and i was already into my adulthood at that point so i can't feel i'm gonna like it any less than than i did 20 years ago i gotta say man texas theater and if they've got a twitter account they're getting tagged they sound like Dallas's version of the new Beverly. Oh yeah. It sounds to me like they they deliver some great double bills. Oh dude, they they you would Corey, you would love it. I mean I, I want to talk to these guys because I mean I've sort of made friends with uh Ash. Uh he's one of the guys that's partner there and uh his buddy Brock. Um but Ash is shooting all the BTS for our movie. Um, oh, all the EPK behind the scenes stuff. And he's cool. super cool. Um, dude, and I'm sure that we could, you know, I'm going to talk to him about maybe coming here and doing like a live, we could do a live episode from there, uh, during one of his screenings. Dude, that'd be so wild to do that. Cause Wouldn't it, it would be, awesome? be, dude, it was, you know, maybe when we're, uh, maybe you can do that when, when we do our, uh, our travel log. <laughs> travel log. And so we, then we had the Super Bowl couple of weeks ago and I was wrong. <laughs> and I was wrong too. And I owe Andy Reid an apology, which he's never going to get. Here's one thing I'll say about this. Andy Reid and his Kansas City Chiefs stuck to their plan, and they won because they stuck to their plan. The 49ers lost because they didn't continue to do the thing that they were successful at for the entire fucking season. Well, is it more? I mean, I want to say it's not quite. I mean, I just want to say simply, it's just they could not maintain. They couldn't contain. Pat Mahomes for the four quarters. And it's just like, like nobody really could. He's just one of those guys that had like an awesome, amazing year. And, you know, I'm just going to chalk it up to that. I, I hear people going on about the Niners lost. The Chiefs didn't win. No, the Chiefs won. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, they, they, and, but, but, and they rolled them, really. I mean, they it was close for three quarters and then they just blew the doors off it. And it wasn't close. The last quarter was awful. If you're a Niners well, fan, for, that that was the problem. It was like I, the Niners didn't do the thing that was successful for them, and that was to keep the ball on the ground. And they would mix it up once in a while, and during the regular season of going for a pass, maybe every four or five plays. Well, and it, but it seemed like every time they had the ball, man, how often, dude? They're, the first half, they rarely had a third down, dude. I felt like they had they were first and second downs constantly because they were always they were getting their first down all, all in the running game, and then they decided to start throwing the ball. Well, see, I, I kind of feel like their game is kind of tailor made for the Chiefs because you can play like that, but you're not putting points on the board, and you're you have a ten point lead going into the fourth quarter, which to me is like you've already lost the game because I feel like Kansas City kind of owns they're like the Warriors and Mahomes is kind of like Steph Curry was you know it's like hey there's always a quarter where the Warriors they could be down by 22 and you're like wow they're not going to lose because they're going to fucking win the third quarter by like 40 you know that's kind of the way the Chiefs are (laughs) I mean they they, weren't they down in every single playoff game yeah like by double digits and they won by double digits 
Right. I mean, that's kind of. Here's the thing. That, also, again, Joe, Buck, gonna... Joe Buck jinxed it when he said, <laughs> I'm going to tell you you're the best coach next year, jackass. <laughs> if I was Kyle Shanahan, I would have punched him in the fucking face. <laughs> Oh my gosh! His, again, I, I I won't be one of those ones that says that you know the Forty ers lost and that she, you know Chiefs didn't win. I won't say that kind of shit. I'm just saying, like I said, uh, Kansas City had you know they had their game plan just to play against the Niners and they stuck to it and they beat them. And and I think where the Forty ers failed on their side of the field is that they didn't stick to their plan. They didn't maintain a thing that was successful from all year. But and, and I agree with you though that ten points, ten points is like the worst fucking lead you can have. Right. It's it, it's my, the equivalent of having a two goal lead in the NHL. It's such a false sense of security that gets that er, just erodes you your 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 game plan. Because oh, dude, because totally. all it, dude, all it takes is a touchdown or a touchdown, and now you got now you're in a field goal for a tie, and it's like it. it Right. It's, I was going to say, it's like, it's like yeah. kissing your sister. Because <laughs> yes. you take your foot off the gas. Yeah, totally. Because you, you know it's a, a layup. Be, right. It's not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it, dude. I, I, yeah, I, I don't get it either, man. It's, uh, But it, it just seems like it happened. Every, every, t- every, t- every game in the playoffs, hey, we're 10 points up. We got them right where we, oh, no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. We made a joke about that in 2014 when the Los Angeles Kings and the New York Rangers were playing for the Stanley Cup. We had, we had game one at Staples Center, and the whole entire playoffs, the Kings would go down by two goals, and it was like, but they would end up winning the games. That was the year where the Kings were in the first round against the Sharks, and they went down 3 nothing, and they reverse sweeped their ass. It happened three times in the whole history of the NHL, and the Kings right. did it. Then they went seven games in the second round, seven games in the third round, and then we get to the finals. So I'm at game one at Staples Center, and we go down two goals in the first, Horn goes off for the end of the first period, and someone just yells. All Rangers fans are like cheering, right? The the, the sporadic groups of, of Rangers fans, and then someone just goes, "Ah, it's two goals. We got you right where we want you." And we're all laughing, and sure enough, yeah, <laughs> we well, won the game in overtime. Right? I mean, you know, you need to be. They needed to be up thirty points, and they probably still would have lost. Is the weird thing, right? Mahomes, dude, that sidearm yeah. of his, dude, sidearm. Not, I he, forgot he, his father was a pitcher. For the yeah. Mets, for right. ever, which is another reason why, he, and he was a pitcher as well in his yeah. youth, and that's why he he throws a ball with sidearm, three such, quarters, yeah, totally, with, with accuracy, and the ball is perfectly thrown. It's like it's not wobbly. Nope, dude, I'm dude, I'm somebody that used to pitch back in the day, and I'm somebody used to throw a football <laughs> once in a while, and I, I know how hard it is to throw. Like I like that. It's like you just. Oh, but yeah. it's a pitcher thing. It's a pitch. It's it's if he wasn't a pitcher, he wouldn't throw the ball the way he throws it because he throws it. He throws it like a pitcher. And yeah, it's he's super crazy. athletic oh, for sure. If you're a Patreon supporter, then you know that we have our long urban legend episode of Silver Bullet. Um, we're going to release it this month because of our sporadic schedules and the inability to record um, remotely like this other than the kickstarts. We're going to go ahead and cut that down and put it out. And uh, it's going to be minimally edited based on the poll for the Patreon folks. And uh, we're going to have that on the last day of the month. And it's good because my back being what it is, I need a little extra time to kind of cut through it. But And thank you for leap year because I got an extra day to do it. Uh, so it will be out on the 29th or maybe a couple of days early, depending on how much I get done. But we are going to put out the Silver Bullet episode 
And uh, if you've been listening to the show regularly, you're going to start going, oh, that's what they're talking about. Oh, that's what they referenced. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I was listening to it again this week, and <laughs> it's absurdly funny. And it's a, it's a long episode. We recorded for three hours and 18 minutes. Yes, we did. And it's still shorter than Irishman, which is awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, cut down, it's probably going to just be a little under three hours. I'm hoping I can do something where, if you post on Patreon, it can only be like two and a half hours. So, otherwise, so you have to break it up into two, up to, to two parts. I'm hoping that I can post it on our normal, our normal hosting site and then link to it. So it won't show up in the normal podcast feed, but it'll show up on Patreon. So I have to figure out a way of doing that, but I'll do a test file. So if you guys see a test file pop in uh, for your Patreon supporters, there you go. So if you do want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash K-I-T-G podcast. It's K-I-T-G podcast. And All right. is there anything you want to add before we sign off? No, I think that's, you know, I mean, I think that we'll, I want to say a belated happy birthday to Burt Reynolds, whose birthday was three or four days ago, maybe the 11th of the 11th, uh, yeah. February. R.I.P. Burt. Um, yeah. You know, coming soon, we're, we're going to put together, we should put together a list of the movies we're going to recover and do a little teaser for next week's thing. We're going to oh, a yeah. Monday through, or a Tuesday through Saturday shoot for the last two weeks of this shoot. So maybe Sundays we can record or Saturdays we can right. have a little recording time and uh, something, um, get the episodes. And then when I get back, we'll jump into some, you know, some movie talk, some real episodes. Oh, and also for you Patreon supporters too. Disengage will will still come out and it's going to be the movie stolen. Yeah. Our first, it was our first test file. And uh, uh, a couple of people on Patreon, I've already heard it before. We kind of teased it. They're kind of our test audience and we had good response. So that's why we went forward the whole project to begin with. So uh, that'll be fun. And stolen. Yes. is still on, on prime. So you're able to play along if you want to, if you like that movie. Do it. <laughs> Come on, man. No, Simon I like West. it. Simon West doing the Simon West thing with Nick Cage and Cole Hauser. Oh, wait, that's not Cole Hauser. It's Josh Lucas. Good Josh God. Lucas. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Culp or the official at Karate Pod. If you'd like to follow Freddie, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter and you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram. Silver Bullet. Silver Bells. Silver, I wish we could cover Silver Bells, the movie. I don't even know if there is one, but we should write it. <laughs> Sounds fair. Yeah, man. All right, they dude. melt all the bells and they fucking machine gun a bunch of Nazi werewolves. Okay, oh, anyway. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's a ball cancer kid.